If you've got a question, the voices of resin are here. Flash Chicks is an SPE-sponsored podcast. Hey, girl. Hi. Look at your little nice blazer. Well, I tried to be somewhat patriotic today since it is Inauguration oh, Day. It's funny. Green. You know, I felt I mean, like that's good bro, for the environment. Recycling? Yeah, totally. That's me today? That's my outfit choice, I guess? I just had this realization today that, um, you know, when the president gets off work on a Wednesday, it feels like the weekend to the rest of us. I mean, if I was stopping my job on a Wednesday, midday, I would go straight to the bar. Oh my so. God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but back to um, the podcast. So uh, I'm Mercedes Landazri. And I'm Lindsay Neville. Um, we are plastics professionals. And with our powers combined, we are plastics. plastics. The voices of resin. <laughs> we'll never get that together. Well, especially with the with the Zoom thing, it's it's particularly difficult. One day, and then when we're in person, we're drinking, so it's yeah. <laughs> so, um, so you can uh, we release our podcast the first Friday of every month. You can find it on um, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Um, is is it on Spotify? I think it is. It's everywhere. Spotify, all, all the big Spotify. ones, all the good places. Google Podcasts, wherever. Free your um, podcast come in. That's and we have we a strong listener base in Columbus, Ohio. Is that where we're yeah. where it was like where who do we know? Who do we know? I don't know, but I love it. I love, love it. it. It's it's not like just my family. Yeah. Although my, my family is that supportive. So yeah, no, no, same. They're like, no, I <laughs> you do you, Lindsay. <laughs> but enough about us. Um, so we have a special guest with us today that uh, we have been wanting to have officially on the pod for the first uh, the first time officially here today, um, and uh, it is probably going to be our our opening episode of our third season, I believe. Ooh. I think. I mean, this has been the, a long break that we've had, and we're not a hundred percent like knowing of. We don't things. manage our own lives. Don't. That would uh, not very well, at least. Yeah, we only try to manage other people's lives. I mean, speaking as a person with the uh, broken screen protector, I can barely handle myself and yeah. what's going on here. <laughs> so we have other people that manage how many episodes we have left. So That's right. Yes. You have possibility yeah. this will be the opener for yeah. our third season. And I have upgraded to non-broken screen, always empty battery. So <laughs> um, so, so, but without further ado, I'd like to introduce Mr. Jonathan Quinn. Um, Jonathan, you are the e-commerce packaging and specialty shrink market manager for Nova Chemicals. Is that correct? I got that all right. Yeah. Long title, so many words. Um, you are also, I think the same plastic, st- uh, plastics news rising star class as Lindsay 2018. Correct. Uh, and then also 2019 CPIA young leader of the year. That one sounds pretty fancy. Yeah. Um, So thank you for so much for joining us today, Jonathan. No, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I've been uh, talking to some of my friends who were excited when I was on uh, the uh, Quarantinis, and Mm -hmm. they are now followers of the Plastics. So uh, when I told them about this, there's uh, some excitement and it's even excitement outside of my family. So, hey, is it in Columbus, Ohio? That's <laughs> that's what I was just trying to think. And no, it wasn't. Man, so, 
Those Columbus sleepers. Um, that's a great color you've got in your office, by the way. This is my formal dining room. So ah. my formal dining room has become my office now, which my wife uh, repeatedly has to remind me that I need to clean because it's still, there's no door to, to kind of close <laughs> it. So yeah, but I appreciate it. I <laughs> I can actually take the credit for picking this color. Right on, right on. Actually, the same color as my bedroom. So, yeah. Hey, no. think like we're gonna take that turn. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, typically we get started talking about people's uh, background in the industry. Um, we've already talked to you a little bit about that, and my most vivid memory of your start in the industry is a baby picture of you in a box of resin. Um, yeah. Just great, great visual. What? So, tell us a little bit about your career path. Yeah, so um, there's a, a picture of me in a box of resin when I was two. Um, I was doing elongation testing when I was five because that was the, the cool thing to do. Um, but yeah, my dad was the president and CEO of a couple different flexible packaging companies. So that's really how I found my way into, into plastics and, and into packaging. Um, and then growing up, my dream was to, to go to Clemson and study packaging and then one day be uh, on the commercial side of the packaging industry and hopefully work with my dad. Um, and so that was always my, my vision and my goal. Um, but when I was a senior in high school, my dad um, had a stroke and, and became disabled. And so um, my emphasis and focus on the industry, I think, was further ignited because I wanted to kind of carry on what my dad had done. Um, and so the other exciting part is my brother has followed in my footsteps and he went to Clemson and studied packaging and is in the industry now. So it's, it's really become uh, kind of a, the next generation of, I guess you'd call a family affair. So I'm, me and my brother represent the third generation of, of our family um, that's in the, the packaging industry. So my grandfather ran a press and then my, my dad went a little bit of a different route and, and went the more... Uh, commercial side of things but but yeah it's been um i love it i'm a total packaging geek um i'm all about i'm i'm all about it and i don't think that there's ever going to be a way to to get me out of it i love it um, so much. and your kids have no other choice right yeah so it was actually crazy so yesterday i picked my kids up from from daycare so i have a three-year-old and a one-year-old and uh, we're driving home and my daughter is singing a song called, and it's plastic goes in the plastic recycling bin. And that was the first time I'd ever heard her start to like even talk about or use the word plastic. And then it just dominoed into an education and, and she probably got so bored, um, <laughs> sleep by the time we got home, but no, uh, but it's, yeah, hopefully that's one of the things that I get so excited about is making sure that my kids feel excited about it and not feel forced into it. And that I think is kind of the way my dad looked at it. And so hopefully they'll look at it the same way. Mm -hmm. It's funny. It's kind of like the opposite of um, how Tony Demakis's dad got him into the industry. Well, he wanted to make sure that he worked for somebody else first, like went out on his own, right? Trying to yeah. discourage him. Uh, so Lindsay, I don't know if you caught it, but um, Jonathan was on um, Chat and Chow with Tony Demakis yeah. from, yes, yes. I was like, ah, they're totally opposites in that way. But yeah. Um, 
You well, also- it was funny. It was funny because um, so my dad always had this this rule, and my mom always said that. Well, if you follow this rule, you're going to lose him. But my my dad's rule was that he would never hire me until I turned 28 because he wanted me to go out and get knocked around and have an appreciation for being able to work for my dad. And that was one of the things that I said to Tony was um, that's maybe a hidden uh, kind of objective as to why his, his dad did that. And, um, and also I'm jealous of Tony and his ability to, to work with his dad and to have that. Um, and yeah. so just to embrace it and appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know um, John Beaumont, Beaumont technologies, his son, Alex works for him now. And um, you know, when he left college, cause you know, he did the plastics program, he was not given an offer at, at Beaumont and he worked, you know, other companies for, uh, for many years. And, um, the reason he ended up coming back as soon as he did, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like a short time after, but, um, was because there was just an opening that fit what his, you know, job would have been. And so they were like, well, this is probably the right time. Yeah. And, um, I always respected that. Cause I'm like, that's, I feel like to go straight to your own family's company, you can sometimes put blinders on. Um, and I, I feel like that's really nice to kind of force the other people version of what the industry should look like on you. Even if you don't like it, at least, you know, you don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think you then bring another dynamic, you bring another mm-hmm. perspective, you bring another outlook that if you just go into the same job, the same family, the same kind of principles, you don't have the outlook outside to, to be able to challenge or to bring a different perspective. And having those different perspectives, I think is what makes diverse teams is, is having diverse organizations is being able to bring those differing ideas and different perspectives. Absolutely, absolutely. Totally agree. Um, and so right now you're working on whole bunch of cool stuff. Uh, I mean, every time I log on to LinkedIn or anything, I just see your face there with some, some other thing that it's not just being reposted. It's a new, whole new thing. Um, so uh, can you talk a little bit about some of your association work and also um, your Friday by the fires? Sounds yeah. cozy. It does sound cozy. <laughs> well, it wasn't, it wasn't cozy last week. I'll tell you that much. Uh, <laughs> It was raining and cold, but yeah, I'll just start with the first thing with the the Friday by the fires is really normally um, in traditional times um, in airports and I'm recording videos and walking through airports and just, it just been kind of my, my deal. Um, And then recently I started kind of walking around my backyard and it's kind of got the idea to, to go with this new uh, kind of, Fridays by the fire and sit by the fire and talk about whatever is going on. And, and really um, it's about staying positive and, and text testing negative. Like that's the, the, mm. the kind of the focus and hopefully there'll be, be short little snippets of, of information, but, um, but that's what Fridays by the fire have been. And, and I'm going to try and try and keep the, the, the train moving. Um, but as far as association, so uh, uh, hold up real quick, excuse me, Jonathan, where, so where can we see it? Is it, are you doing it on LinkedIn? Are you doing it on? It's, it's on, it's on LinkedIn, uh, for right now. I have, I should probably start to venture into the, the YouTube, YouTube world. 
Um, but but yeah, for right now, it's it's on uh, it's on LinkedIn. Well, you know, um, I'm only up in Erie. What I should do is we should do a socially distanced fire. Fires, I believe, fall under yeah. CDC yeah. guidelines. It's yeah. cool. There's, so there's six feet of of distance, and then uh you can uh, i know your husband likes beer from down here so you can just make a quick stop get some beer and uh and try to i mean in my defense i like it too i just can't drink it right she now. can't drink it right, right. now <laughs> right. um but yeah for sure if you want to come hang out on friday I'm this sure is what I'll i do be. everyone i invite myself over so never be within <laughs> driving range you're of me. invited you're invited <laughs> the invitation has been extended oh. you didn't I, more than welcome. And the, and the uh, you're doing some stuff with the emerging leaders. Uh, yeah. Uh -huh. So uh, within the the flexible packaging association, this is something that that I went to uh, to Allison Keen and and the the flexible packaging association board about um, a year and a half ago. Uh, yeah, year and a half, two years ago, and really said we need to start developing the next generation of FPA leadership. And we need to create and make FPA a welcoming organization for the next generation of leadership, the next generation of, of, of flexible packaging companies. And so um, got it, the support and the buy-in from the board, created um, the Emerging Leadership Council. We have close to, to 50 people that are a part of it. And really, what we wanted this to be is really action oriented. It wasn't about having a party that we were just gonna come and talk about. We were gonna be delivering and bringing forward solutions and really helping to progress the Flexible Packaging Association as a whole. Um, so we've developed um, a strategy, uh, a mission, goals, objectives, and, and really um, I will say that I could have never expected that it would be what it is today as far as the excitement, the enthusiasm, the passion, and just the drive that everybody brings to it um, on a, every time we're, we're together. And it's something that I think at the end of my career, this will be one of those things that I will say I'm most proud of um, because it's created so much um, pr progress and we're doing things as far as understanding um, hiring practices and where there's gaps within the industry and, and what some of the challenges that the member um, organizations are having with attracting and retaining talent. We're doing things like creating educational programs to go out into schools to educate them on the value of plastic and, and plastic packaging. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and, and doing things um, in regard to um, training and teaching those same kids about the value of recycling and, and, and enabling programs in the schools. So those are some of the, the, the things, but it's so much fun and so exciting to be a part of. And really, I think is off also created a, a level of engagement and excitement for that higher level people, the, the higher level people within the Flexible Packaging Association about this group and just about FPA in general. I love it. It, you know, and, and also because it's national penguin day, um, I'm going to, you know, bring it back to my favorite penguin analogy, which, uh, when I was growing up in San Francisco, they, they, we had like the laziest penguins. And then we got like a shipment of like six penguins from the San Diego zoo, which is amazing. And these penguins were like, not lazy, right? Legit they came penguins. In, yeah, no, they were like, you know, they were 
Southern California penguins. They had like beach bodies. They were like jumping off, swimming all around. And with those six penguins being so excited, the other lazy penguins were like, oh, oh, this looks cool. So then all the penguins started getting in the water. But of course, because the San Francisco penguins were overweight, they would just, you'd just see like these like fat penguins just like coming like, on the rocks, like, <sighs> like they couldn't deal. But it's like, it's true. Just a little bit, you know, a, a little bit of, 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 um, uh, you know, these, these charismatic people who get in there can really get everybody excited and, and get a, a whole new level of movement going. It's really, really cool. Um, yeah. So uh, obliv- obligatory COVID question. Um, Jonathan, you're a native Chicago lander. Yeah. Um, and so maybe you've heard, but uh, today in Illinois, they're rolling out the 1B vaccines. So um, that's uh, kind of like backline workers like manufacturing and teachers and things like that. So really exciting day. Um, so, so hopefully we're going to start to move out of this, but, um, what do you see as being the, the post pandemic key or post pan, maybe we could call it post pan key trends, post pan key trends and, and implications for plastics, um, and packaging. Yeah. So, um, so I've done uh, a series of, of kind of webinars and, and interviewed for a, some, some publications and really kind of what I see is kind of those post-COVID trends and implications. And really it comes down to, to four or five key things. So really what we're seeing is the cementing of e-commerce. E-commerce is, is here. The growth that was kind of expected to, to come um, three years from now really has we're, we've already hit those numbers and, and those those kind of objectives, I, I would call it, as far as consumers that traditionally uh, would be apprehensive to try e-commerce, so that, call it older demographic, has been forced into it. We're also going to see an evolution of restaurants. So uh, one of the big things that, if you look back to the, the last sort of recession in 2008, was the rise of of the um, fast casual experience. And now what you're, I mean, Mercedes, you're probably easily accessible to this. In Pittsburgh, we're not really accessible to it, but it's the um, the rise Eerie's of- ahead of the trends. What's that? I said Erie's ahead of the trends here. <laughs> well, it's just as far as infrastructure. Um, so major major cities are have what's no, now known as cloud kitchens, which is essentially, restaurants without the actual infrastructure as far as having that retail location and everything is bought through um, whether it's Uber Eats or Grubhub or, or whatever. Um, and so it's all about just food delivery. There's no actual restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and just how restaurants are going to have to change. And really there hasn't been a, a flood of people going back to restaurants and just when people have vaccines there's still going to be a high level of, of consumer uncertainty or concern about going back or what I, what if there's another follow-up type of pandemic. So that uneasiness is not going to soon go away. The other uh, thing is the, the, the uh, rise of touchless. So that's associated with restaurants and really has a tie to that, um, as a tie to restaurants, as a tie to grocery stores and things of that nature. Um, and just, more packaging. So if you look at when you go through the grocery stores right now, you're seeing more product being packaged. You're going to see more product being packaged inside uh, the produce department, for example. But also that's going to enable 
the rise of, of click and collect. So being able to go to the grocery store, but not actually have to go in and pick up your groceries. So with that will enable um, people inside the grocery store to pick products at a quicker rate and be able to get in and out that way as well. And then um, the, uh, I'll call it the fourth is obviously sustainability. Sustainability is, is definitely not going away. Um, it's still at the forefront and that is still gonna be a major concern, but it's a little bit different is that uh, people are more focused on making sure that uh, corporate social responsibility and things of that nature are taking place and, and people are investing in, in that side of things. And also plastic sustainability is, is, we've done research, I've done research looking at consumer perceptions of plastic and how plastic perceptions have actually improved mm -hmm. uh, because of COVID, because consumers have seen the value that plastic is bringing every day. And then the fifth and final one is, is sort of this trading up, trading down uh, concept. So consumers have been forced into buying, uh, whether it's toilet paper or whatever it may be, um, out of sheer availability, but things like meat alternatives and meat substitutes is one of those other things where people are being forced into trading up to, to try something new, try something different, and also trading down in effect to try private label products, which a lot of consumers are finding have equal or consistent quality uh, with regard to what they were buying before. So those That's are really interesting. The, the yeah. long I mean, there. Very I'm cool. a Wegman shopper, so I've always known the private label. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's interesting about the the trading up, trading down. I didn't think about that, but like I, I can think of a couple things on my grocery list that I was like before Christmas, I couldn't find any um, cream corn, cream chicken, I don't know, cream of something. And I remember I had to buy like this like fancy like off brand and my husband's like, it's actually kind of like, it, like, cause it had some extra, I don't know, zhuzh in it. And, <laughs> and my husband's like, that was actually really good. And I'm like, I know. I'm like, I'm kind of, and now it's like my go-to like yeah. version of that. Not that I'm making my Christmas meals all the time. <laughs> but that's a perfect example of, of people being forced into trying something different that they would not have traditionally tried. Um, and so what is probably our, um, our last question for today, <laughs> um, just due to timing, um, kind of, so I have a cutoff uh, today because I'm working from home. My husband works from home and we have two kids who need one of us to watch them <laughs> as we are talking. Uh, you have your two kids and um, your wife works from home also. So how has that, you know, uh, influenced kind of like your, your work structure? What, what are, do you have any like hilarious uh, three-year-old on a conference call moments? Or? Yeah. So, uh, well, so until a few weeks ago, the Christmas tree was actually over my shoulder, which it never would normally have been over here. But because of in their kind of quarantined area, because they're home, I, I was gonna say they're home alone three days a week, but they're not home alone, they're, we're here. But, um, but we're, uh, the Christmas tree would have never survived with the, the three of them. Um, <laughs> but I think the, uh, the hilarity is that uh, on the other side of the house from where I'm sitting, uh, but I can still see it is the, is the bathroom. And so my daughter is, 
obviously become potty trained since we've been in quarantine. And so there's a repeated significant number of times where it was, dad, I need you to wipe my butt. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that happens. And, and it's been funny when everybody, anybody with kids who are uh, in high school or whatever is complaining about having their kids home. And I'm like, just be happy, you guys, that you don't have to wipe. You have kids that can wipe their own butt. I still have two that that can. Uh, <laughs> majority of people, I don't work with many people that have have kids my age. So my kids' age, uh, I should say. So that's I probably would say the the funniest thing and the ongoing thing that happens. I love that. Yeah, we're we're there too. I, I feel like quarantine was a very ideal time for uh, potty training. So I've had a lot of calls where I'm I'm on it and I'm like looking at my son and I'm like, do you have to poop? Don't, don't go over there. <laughs> I'm like, I, I gotta go. Oh man. Yeah. And with my kids, because they're older, it feels like it's way too early for them to have to go through the thing where like they do all this work and then it like gets erased. Just like that stress. Mm. Do you remember that ever happening in college or something? Or even like these days sometimes, but like, it's like, you know, a 10 year old having to deal with that. And it's just like, man, that sucks. You know, it's being erased and thinking you've had it saved and it just disappears out of nowhere. Yeah. And you're just yeah. like a little kid, like, geez. Right. just yeah. gonna live your life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was, there was one last question we had, but we, we don't have time for it. I think that maybe we can do like some bonus content. I would, I think it's a really important question and maybe we can set up even a panel for it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Lindsay needs to, needs to get back to, to her little, her little guys. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for, for joining us today, Jonathan. And we look, uh, we look forward to um, seeing what you follow and what you do next. And, and definitely uh, we'll tune in for your next uh, Friday by the fire. And inviting ourselves over. Yeah. You're always invited. Plastics <laughs> are always invited. <laughs> if you've got a question, the voices of resin are here. Last chicks. Thanks, Evan. Yeah. See ya. Thanks, guys. guys.